And welcome back to Changing the Script podcast. I am Zach. This is my wife, Hannah. And you guys might actually notice a little bit of a scenery change. Well, in all of our hecticness, we decided that it was time to just bring it to the house. Um, With having two kids and everything else in between, hard to keep babysitters around, we moved everything back to the house to be able to have our podcast studio here, which I think is going to work out. Um, Temporarily. We'll still go back. Yeah, temporarily, we'll still go back to the office, but we have to find a babysitter first. So once we find one of those, we will be back at the office, rest assured. But tonight, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about business. We want to prove to you guys that business can be built with ethics. We want to uh, talk about prioritizing Good Get Lord. it out. Get it out. Uh, service over sales. Um, and if you guys are tired of the old scammy approach that you guys see in online business, then this is the place for you because we are going to be challenging those business norms uh, that we've seen over the last, I would say, five to 10 years in the online business realm. So tonight, though, specifically, we are going to be talking about income claims and how they have affected us personally, how they have affected our community and thousands of others in online business. And we want to be sure that everybody understands our position on this um, and that we're not here to really vilify anyone, right? So don't use our words as a license to go out and bully anyone. You can be respectful to people and disagree with them at the exact same time, though in this episode, we are going to do our best to remain neutral to the topic, though we do have a firm stance on the topic. Um, So... What you're know. saying with uh, respect and demand that others respect <laughs> yours. So that's good. That's, um, how, yeah, that's so, the baseline to it all. Yeah, Tecumseh had a uh, saying that um, was in one of his poems. He was a warrior poet, uh, Indian chief. I can't remember from which tribe. Uh, but he said, respect others and their religions. And then I personally add in there their opinions, their religions, their ideas, their ideologies, whatever. But then demand that they respect yours. Right. So uh, I think as a nation, we've gone through a really weird period. I'm going to call it our teenage years where we just didn't know who or what we wanted to be. Yeah. And we started to think that if my feelings were hurt, then you were wrong. Um, And that's just not the case, guys. What it is, is you respect other people regardless of if you agree or disagree with them. And if you can't do that, go home. It's pretty much that simple. Um, So... For, and for all purposes of this one, it is going to be that you guys, you can respect our opinion. And if you have a different opinion, we definitely respect yours as well. Um, so I want to be really clear about the definition of income claims. So this has been a topic brought up several times since we started the roadmap and had the community. And the biggest question is, okay, Zach and Hannah, what is an income claim? And to be honest, it's, it's a hard thing to answer because this definition lives in the gray. We always talk about Zach lives in the black and white. I always live in the gray. And so for the purpose of this video, our definition of an income claim is I made X amount and X amount of time. However, what we're talking about in this video is not the occasional, hey, I'm celebrating a big milestone. This is really important to me when you do it in a transparent way or you're very authentic. We're more talking about the identity shift or the identity taken on. Um, meaning if somebody says, Hey, what do you think of this person? And the first thing that comes to mind is, Oh, I know they made this much amount of money. Then their identity is wrapped up in how much money they've made. And so I really want to make that distinction as we go through this. We're not talking about the people that authentically and, and in a transparent way celebrate themselves. We're more talking about people that take on their money as an identity or their income as an identity. Well, uh, I, think, I think it's important to make that distinction before we go forward. Yeah. And I think we are going to address the people that also do it in a good way. Yeah. Uh, because there's an excellent blog post that a lawyer wrote. I've got it here on the uh, tablet right in front of me, guys. So we're going to pull it up and we're going to reference it because even if you are doing it in a good way, you have to remember that you're still dealing with the government. For those of you yeah. who know me personally, they can a couple of choice words. Um, and Zach's not a big fan of the government. I'm not a big fan of you guys. Um, and the reason being is because I don't see the good that you guys claim to have going on all the time. You know, it's, and while we're on that subject, before we move forward, 
Zach could go um, on and on about oh, the government. Dude, we could have a whole <laughs> podcast episode about this specifically. But the government picks and chooses what's wrong. Yeah. Right. And a lawyer sold us on the phone the other day. He said, there's the law and then there's the FTC and all the other facets of the government. Yeah. They don't play by the same rules as you and I. Okay. They, they don't pay the same taxes that we do. They don't abide by the same laws as we do. Their kids get away with murder, literally get away with murder. Um, their, their family members get away with drug charges. I mean, all that stuff, right? We know what happens. You can sit here and tell me that it doesn't, that that's a conspiracy, but we know what happens. We know that you guys hide it. We know that you guys use your power and your authority. And I just don't like you. This is to the government. Anyone that works, I don't like you. So as we go through this and we speak about the government and the income claims and the rules that they have, know that we are absolutely not taking the side, I think that's pretty clear, of the government, but more absolutely so informing not. you guys on what they say about this topic. Because I do think in the digital marketing space, the on make money online space, that there is a major lack of education in this area. Absolutely. So... We're here to so, challenge the way we think, challenge our thought process, because what good are we to each other if we don't challenge the way we think and and kind of force ourselves to get outside of our box um, and accept different opinions and then think on that, but also make sure we inform people on some of the things that we've come across in our life over the past couple of years and things that we've seen happen to people um, and educate on that as well. Income, income claims for me personally, they were pretty... They, they affected me pretty badly. You know, whenever you've, when you first got involved with the online business game, I mean, every other day you brought me someone and saying, yeah. look at this person and how much money they're making. Look at this person. They're making so much money. Look at them. They have what we want. Their husband works at home with them. They're both doing this, that, or the other. This is it. This is going to be what takes us to the next place. And we got to a point where I was like, if you bring me another something, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. And I was getting very, very upset with you because you were obsessed and you started this like obsessive compulsive behavior of crunching numbers. Yep. Every single day you'd be like, okay, well, if we made this many sales and we did this many things and I did this many in, in this week, we would make X amount next month. And then we could finally get out of debt and then I could finally bring you home. And it was just this constant chasing of money. That's how I always describe it. Oh yeah. No. And it was a nightmare. Let me tell you, I genuinely did not like you during that time period. I still loved you. You're my wife, but at the time we were in Fix and Pippins as well. And you would leave me hanging to go to Dallas yeah. or go do something. You would leave me with the kid. And it's like the only thing that's legitimately bringing us money in right now is my job. And you're off in Dallas. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and so it was a, it was a rough time period. So that's how income claims affected me in our home. Uh, I know that they affected you very differently. Yeah. I mean, I've said this many times before, when you chase money, money runs away. When you chase impact, the money follows. And that has been proven true so many times in our business life and just life in general. And I think when you, um, when you focus just on making income claim content and thinking that's the only thing that can convert people to sales, that's when you start to get into this, um, this trap, not only for yourself, but for your customers. And we'll get into that trap for yourself later and how to break free of that to make your business sustainable. Um, but I was listening to a, a YouTube video the other day by Alex Hormozy, and he made a really good point. He brought up the difference between online courses and Harvard and why people always come at online courses and we'll use this to be really specific or online make money opportunities um, and why people attack them and call them a scam. There's many reasons for that, right? Because I think a lot of people are still used to the traditional way uh, of, of going to school, going to college, getting a job, but nobody really calls Harvard a scam. And one of the reasons he pointed out was because Harvard literally turns people down. And so when we look at it from a qualified leads perspective, um, he's right you have to be qualified to get into Harvard, but people also have to be qualified to get into business. And so if you are running a business online and making content and promoting a product or promoting a business opportunity, if you aren't qualifying your leads through a form or through a work with me opportunity where you fill out a form and talk to people about yourself and then the person selling it to you is telling you, yes, you're a good fit or no, you're not. 
At the very least, you need to qualify them through your content. And when people solely make income claim content, you're not doing that at all. You're going to get anyone and everyone who's just going into it, not because of what they want to learn or what they want to accomplish, but just because they want to make money. And so that in turn hurts your business because that's when you run into the refunds. That's when you run into the unhappy customers. That's when you run into all the problems because you're not working with qualified people. And so your content is the qualifier if you don't have those forms in place. No, I think that's 100% right because a lot of people forget the fact that everyone's struggling, yeah. right? And it, and anyone is willing to throw money at an opportunity if you're promising them that it'll get them out of that struggle. And so that is an extremely unqualified lead. And ultimately, I think that it boils down to if you're going to qualify your leads, you can't qualify them based off of money because people who are more concerned about money than success have either, I think, convinced themselves that money equates to success or, or it solves all their problems. It solves all their problems, which, which I, can I understand <laughs> the saying more money, more problems is it actually is very true. true. And I think I'm going to make a kind of a pun here, dad joke, but the more income claims, the more problems. Yeah. And the reason being is because right, wrong, or indifferent, the outcomes are never what you're looking for. Yeah, I would agree. And and that leads me to my next point. There was a, a another Alex Hormozy reference. You guys will hear me reference him a lot because I really do enjoy his content. I know a lot of you guys do too. Um, and this really rung true to me as well. So when I think back to what Zach was mentioning about how I was on this cycle and it was, uh, he put it perfectly. He said, this is the cycle of, of how things work. So you start an opportunity, get really excited and it's because you have uninformed optimism. So you're kind of on this bell curve and you're like, oh, I'm really excited. I'm really hyped up about this new opportunity I just saw to make more money. But you're uninformed, right, about what it actually takes to succeed. This is what income claim content breeds, solely income claim content breeds. Then you start to go a couple weeks or maybe a month or two months. Maybe it's a couple days depending on your, you know, your length of time and, and um, what do I want to say? Um, threshold for this kind of stuff. But after a certain amount of time, now you're going through the informed pessimism phase. And you're like, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. Or, oh, the person I bought from didn't tell me about this. They didn't tell me about this. Now you're starting to get really defeated. Now you're starting to feel like this isn't meant for you. Now you're starting to feel like you're not good enough. And all these doubts start entering your mind. I was on this cycle, you guys, for years. This is exactly what Zach was just talking about earlier. And here's what I learned. If you guys can take your customers and break them through that cycle, because typically what happens after they crash and burn and fall off after that, that informed pessimism, they just go right back. They go to the next thing and then it's the same cycle over it. They're really excited. They're really positive and they think, oh, this is going to work for me. And the same cycle happens over it. It's just a loop. Yeah, just watch their content too, because <laughs> yeah. their comments and their content goes from, I am super stoked about this opportunity, everyone. And it's then the it, next thing they drop off and it turns into, oh, that was a scam. It happened to me so many times. You know, it didn't work out. Like that was, they they lied to me. They didn't tell me the truth. So you can see the cycle just in through their comments and everything right, too. Right, So So here's the powerful part though. What we're recommending to you guys is the harder route marketing without income claims and luring people in with your success is the harder route. Absolutely. It's extremely difficult, but we've proven it to work. And so we want to inspire people to do the same thing because it's what builds a, a long-term sustainable brand. If you guys can break your customers through that cycle and you can inform them of the pessimism before they get to that initial buy-in, and they know what's to come. They know the whole story. They know enough of the story to say, okay, I know this is going to be hard. And you help break them through. They will be your customer for life. But if you are the person that gets them on that hamster wheel and that cycle of uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, and they crash and burn, I promise you they will not buy from you again. Or at least they will not buy from you six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. They may buy one or two but they're not going to buy from you and they're not going to be a lifetime customer. 
And so it's, it's benefiting both parties, the customer and the seller. When we talk about this, because if you can help break someone through that threshold, you, you will have great customer lifetime value. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys are in our community, uh, and you're listening to this, or if you don't know what our community is, then, uh, you can find us, um, on the internet. But my point is, is you guys have heard me harp a lot on lifetime value of a customer because that is what's most important. Um, and so, uh, those are some really great points, baby. So I'm, I'm glad you brought those up, but to make sure that we cover both sides in this argument and remain more fair to the conversation, we do want to answer a couple of different questions and go through a few different topics and ideas that we've come up with. Um, and the reason being is because there are plenty of people on YouTube already that you can go find that are going to be extremely negative about specific people or even specific opportunities, companies, etc. cetera. Uh, that's how they make their living. They go, they appeal to your desperation and your anguish and your anxiety and everything else. And then you support them through their affiliate links. Uh, so while they're not doing multi-level marketing, they are doing affiliate marketing. Uh, so just keep that in mind whenever you go and listen to those people. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> I literally, I watched a video. They, this girl made it about us. I don't even remember her name. Um, and I laughed my butt off. I looked right at you and I said, she's literally appealing to people's desperation, their anxiety, their yeah, hatred. She's doing the things. same thing. That and she then she has it plastered everywhere. Doing. It's ridiculous. Affiliate marketing codes. And it's like, okay, like touche. You're doing a far better job than everyone else. <laughs> um, so anyways, so I think the first question we want to ask and to, to be fair to this conversation is, why do we think people are so attracted to content creators that share their income and that is the only content that they provide? Um, for me, I've, I've got a ton of things written down right here, uh, but I think people just like the allure of success, right? We've, com- we've, we've confused money and success, and meaning that if you have money, you have success, forgetting the fact that there are plenty of people out there that just woke up with a silver spoon one day. I do think too that, you know, when I think about what kept me going after so many failures is like, I knew people were making money online and I had to sit back and ask myself, well, how did I know that? Was it because they told me or was it because I just saw the energy and the uh, aura or whatever you want to say around a person, which is what I try to embody. And through my content, I show up as a successful person, right? And people that do that and speak with authority and know what they're talking about and I can prove what they say to be true and and they and they gain that know, like, and trust for me, that's what kept me going. And so I think the argument is, well, the allure is, especially when people do it in, in a transparent, authentic way, is it keeps you inspired to know that it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I... It... It's tough for me because I'm a little bit more pessimistic on this. Yeah. Right. So you're a little bit more on the side of let's be fair to the conversation and to be completely transparent with you guys, <laughs> since somebody over here keeps using that word, um, I don't give you guys much room. All right. I really don't because like I said earlier, right, wrong or indifferent. Yeah. You might be showing people like, Hey, this is possible. This is possible. But on the flip side of that quarter, you're setting up a lot of false hope. Well, my point is you can show people what's possible through the way that you show up and present yourself. I mean, are you talking about to share your like specifically like you show up, you're very, you know, what's his name? Jay Wallard. You're very, no, like, no, I'm more talking about, I'm more talking about there's, there's several ways to inspire someone and there's several ways to show that you're successful. And there's many ways to show that you're successful without having to tell people how much money you make. There, when you you see a CEO walk into a room, you know he's successful because he's not got a nice outfit on. He's well, walking in with that. authority. He's yeah. you see what I'm saying? <laughs> but you remember when I went fishing and I w- bumped into that guy? True. All Some right. CEOs so I bumped and- <laughs> into this gentleman, and he and this is what he told me. All right, he had been selling the bowl games, the sponsorships, for the last like forty something years. It's a cool story. And I tell you, like the dudes wearing champion, which apparently is cool now. Uh, back when I was a kid, it was not cool. Uh, like you were embarrassed to wear that stuff, but, uh, it's cool now. So I guess he is cool. Uh, but he was wearing champion gym shorts, tucked in striped polo. And I mean, this thing looked like it came straight from Goodwill. 
he had on the Velcro white shoes with the white high top socks. And I started talking to him and he says, um, he says to me, he says, yeah, this is downgrading for me and my wife. And I turn around and look at the neighborhood. I was in a place called West Haven, uh, fishing their pond. And for any of you who know West Haven and you're in the Nashville area, you know, that it is a very affluent area. It's a lot of big houses. Like, I mean, hashtag very pricey is what the kids say. Um, so hashtag goals y'all. Um, and I have no hatred for anyone that lives there. Like good for you. But point is, is I looked at him and went, this is downsizing. Like, where did you come from? The like Scotland yard or something. And he goes, Oh no, like we're in one of the townhomes. And I said, okay, that makes more sense. Um, and I said, but if you don't mind me asking, what'd you do? And he told me guys, this man's probably worth $20 million and you'd have never known it unless he told you. But and here's hold on. I want to say so this. success doesn't just show up looking like success. That's, is that's my, point. my point. Right. But as soon as he started talking to you, you knew he was successful because he was speaking with authority. He knew what he was talking about. Well, he, he also gave straight you advice. told me he was success- successful. I get it. <laughs> but he didn't have to tell you how much money he made in order to do oh, that, heck right? No. He, he told you what no. he did. So my whole point is... That was a Google search to find out that he made 20% commission on multi-million dollar deals. Right. My whole point is Zach walked away from that conversation knowing that that guy was successful without ever having to say how much money he made. And so my whole point is with the whole um, seeing income inspires me argument is yes, I understand that I'm also inspired. And if you aren't inspired by seeing how much people, how much money people make, right. And you're angry at people authentically sharing their success. That's a you problem, right? We can't be jealous. We can't be angry. That's not a trait of a true entrepreneur or leader. However, there are many ways that you can celebrate yourself. There are many ways that you can inspire others without ever needing to share exactly how much money you've made, especially when you're referring to an opportunity that you're selling. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's where it gets really, really dicey. And, and with, that's, with I think that's, that, that's one of the most popular arguments yeah. that success. And I understand success. it. Yeah. And I understand it too. Let's look at, you know, uh, okay. Companies that strictly hired Harvard law graduates, right? You go to Harvard law, there's no guarantee that you're going to get that job. But if you do get that job, there's a guarantee that you're going to make a hundred K as a first year. Right. So there there's, there's income claims all throughout our entire society and the abilities to yeah. earn money. Like just look at it. Uh, back whenever I was 19, 20, uh, some job fair guy came up to me and was like, dude, do you want to make, you know, $15 an hour plus like 40 to 150 K in commissions per year. And it's like, well, yeah, I do. Okay, well, all you need to do is get this job. Okay, cool. You get that job and you realize, man, this is a lot harder than that guy made it sound. Where's the FTC on that one? Right. Right. The FTC picks and chooses, guys. And one of the reasons they choose online opportunities is because there were some really bad actors out there that genuinely lied. I think it's easier to be a bad actor online as well. Much easier. It's much easier to pretend who you are. You'll never find that with us. Like this is our dining room. <laughs> that had we did get rid of all the my grandma's my, no, china. My old my parents' plates when they got married. We did get rid of it. If you guys have seen us on TikTok Live, then you've kids. seen. Yeah, but we did change <laughs> yeah, our backdrop. We did change our backdrop up. But my point is, is that we're we're very real people. But it's very easy to fake who you are online. And I think that's one of the reasons that the FTC decided that they needed to crack down on it because there were there were legitimate scams going on. Yeah, and there still are. I mean, there's going to always be scams out there. But a couple of more reasons as to why I think people are really attracted to this is people that are involved with these businesses believe they have to prove that the product works, prove that the product makes money. I have a good point on this because there's, I understand that, right? You don't want to invest in something until you see. And again, this falls back on showing and proving that it works in other ways, like authority, like knowledge, like showcasing value. Um, but also I don't like that as kind of a, a online community or society as a whole, that we have to see someone be successful to prove that we can be successful. For instance, Zach and I created a course in attached master resale rights. Nobody really online had ever done that before, but we knew we'd set out to be successful and we were going to be successful. We didn't have to see someone in front of us do exactly what we wanted to do for us to even go out there and try. Oh, there's plenty of examples. Many, out there. many companies out there 
do the same thing, right? There was no yeah. Apple before Steve Jobs created Apple, yeah. right? He didn't have to see Apple in front of him from someone else in order to go after that dream. So I, I don't like that people get, oh, I have to see it to believe it. it. You have to see it within yourself. You have to have the mission and vision. And it's even better when you do something that no one's ever done before. Well, and it takes away from the value of the product or service itself. Right. Yeah. So if you're, let's say you sign up for, let's use Monet as an example. We love um, Monet. Because we actually use Monet. And shout out shout to out you to guys. Shout out to Tammy and the community. Y'all make a good product. I actually really like your shampoo. It makes my head feel all It's going to help Zach's hair grow back. Yeah. The reason I wear hats is because it's falling out and I have a wife and two kids. So your fault. Uh, anyways, so let's say you want to sign up for Monet. And you decide that you want to go the route of telling people how much money you make selling Monet. But what about Monet? Like, what about the products? Like, does the hair growth formula actually work? Right. Does the makeup actually make you feel better? Does the skincare actually work? You're pulling away from the product or service and the actual viability of that product or service and making it all about the money. When you do that it really confuses the market. Well, also let's talk about now it's hard to use Monet as the um, structure here because they have really strong, uh, just like any MLM really strong stance on this as well. But let's just use it as an example. You go out, you talk about how much money you've made. What repercussions does that have? Not only for yourself, but for Monet as the company. Yeah. And I think that actually brings a lot of the attention away from the product's viability or the services viability, right? You know, whenever you put so much emphasis on the money, you're putting more importance on yourself and you're not really thinking about what happens to the company, which I think that is a great segue into have you actually considered the effects of your income claim and all that content. And I even, I wrote down and how it leaves a wake of destruction behind you. Not always, but I think the majority does. And that's why I'm so against it. And you guys know, like I have no patience for it. I, I, I believe that if you are going to sell me something, you need to do it in a way that's ethical. Um, let me use a couple of examples. iPhone, Apple. They have never come to me and said, we sold $14 billion in the iPhone 14 or the 15. You should buy one. No, they've made, well, maybe not in the 15, heard rumors, um, but they've maintained quality and they, they market it to me as a fantastic tool, as a great camera for me to take pictures of my kids and my wife and my family and my business and do my TikTok videos and everything else in between right? They, they actually market it to me for the things that I could utilize it for. They have never once told me how much money they made. Now I can easily find that information just with a quick Google search. Well, and I think when we talk about when someone's coming into a conversation saying the value of their company or their overall sale, like that's a different conversation, right? Like I've seen many entrepreneurs give presentations and they talk about, Hey, this is the value of our company. That's not really an income claim. Yeah. So I want to make no, sure that's a, that, that's, that's a point. Not an income claim. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, guys, I don't even think it's an income claim to talk about milestones no. from the perspective of my company hit a milestone. And that milestone is, is I wanted to earn a million dollars this year. And I went, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, we're again, I want to specify. And like I said earlier, this is, this is taking on the identity of income, but this is where I want to bring up that, um, article I talked about. Yeah. Good. Because even though. I think that it's perfectly okay for you to do that. Remember that the FTC plays by its own set of rules. So I'm going to bring this up because it is, this is it's this really is interesting. Yeah. But if you have any doubts, and this is from Thomas Ritter, he is, he's with the, or yeah, Thomas Ritter, Thompson Burton PLLC. Um, and he practices a lot on cybersecurity law and data protection, privacy related matters, et cetera. You can find a link to his um, article or blog post uh, in the description below. So be sure to check that out if you guys want to not take our word for it. But right here in the first paragraph, he says, if you have any doubts, just remember that the FTC has included charges over inappropriate income or earnings claims in every single one of its actions against MLMs. Okay. Wow. And and you, you guys have to forgive me. We're not picking on MLMs. 
they're not the only people that make income claims. Okay. It's just, this guy did write this article in that. Well, I want to, I want to talk about this too, because even I had a misconception about this in the future. It's, you know, the FTC, the government as a whole likes to, we use the totem pole reference where they put the rules so high up on the totem pole that we can't read them. Um, and they do that for a reason, but, um, I had a misconception about this too. I thought the FTC for the longest time only governed companies like MLMs. Um, and it doesn't any online business opportunity is covered and governed by, well, by MLS. Technically any business, there was, an FTC, there was an FTC complaint and this might've been a joke, but I'm pretty sure it was real, but people complained about McDonald's ice cream machines always be broken Yeah, There's, because their commercials always showed like, come get a McFlurry. Hey, can I get a McFlurry? No, sorry. Yeah. Then. It's broke. Yeah. So we're not just talking about the FTC governing MLMs and that's a misconception. Like I said, that I had that I think a lot of people have but they really do govern all business opportunities and others like Zach mentioned. So there's two sides here that, that we think about, right? It's the, it's the legal side and then the marketing side, which we've touched on. But I think another reason why I'm so sensitive to this topic is because we've had near and dear friends to us, great, amazing people. They didn't know the rules and they got caught up and got sued by the FTC. Well, even some of them did know the rules, but still got caught. Correct. Which is something I'm going to bring up in this article yeah. as well. But he, just to your point, and the reason why I think he's focusing on MLM in this article is because it says for regulators looking to take action against a network marketing company, income claims are the gift that just keep giving. Yep. Right. And that is one of the things that it, it's... It's so eye-opening whenever you start to look at it from a different perspective, and that's just my opinion. You guys, if you have a different opinion, obviously, leave them in the comments below um, because we do want to hear what your guys' opinions are, and I think that the only way that we can make a change is if we have a legitimate conversation about this. Yeah, respectful conversation, um, and again, fully respect each other's opinions. Yeah, and and the you FTC don't have to agree with us. The FTC wasn't that strict until the internet. Yeah. When the internet came around, they, they include lifestyle claims now mm-hmm. talking about involving statements, pictures, or general references to large homes, vehicles, vacations, or just an overall lavish lifestyle. How many of us have said, dude, because I'm working online, I'm able to take a vacation with my family. The FTC could find fault with that. Yeah. And which is the ridiculous, but it, sucks. <laughs> it, it does. And now it comes down to the marketing crap. skills, right? Which is what we yeah. hope to bring light to and what we hope to teach on further, especially in, in roadmap 2.0. Yeah. But this is where you have the opportunity to really gain the skill of marketing that you can have for anything for the rest of your life. And just so you guys know, the reason I think that's horse crap is because like a CEO can go take pictures of himself on his yacht with a bunch of people in yeah, bikinis and swimsuits and everything. And he can post that with his $20 million, uh, $20 million a year salary. But then you work your butt off. You make enough money to take your family on vacation. You want to celebrate, celebrate that. that. And they're like, <laughs> income claim. And it's like, okay, why aren't you going after the other guy that's like pretty much rubbing it in my face that he has a yacht and all the nicest things in the world, but I yeah. can't just tell you that I went on a vacation. Um, so again, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not reading this like I support any of it. I'm just reading what a lawyer who does this for a living had to say. Well, especially because like we said, we've had friends get caught up in this, in this mess. And it's kind of like that thing where you don't think it could happen to you. And they said the same thing. Like, I never thought that could happen to me. I thought I was following the rules. I had income disclosures. I had this, I had a lawyer give me an income disclosure. Like the FTC will sit there and laugh in your face. Well, it says income disclosures. It says right here, you have to have a proper disclaimer that has the expected earn and loss, right? So the average earn and loss of every participant, right? And that has to include all participants. Like there's, there's statistical breakdowns that they require. And it says right here, but why use income claims? So, and he says, traditionally the thinking around an income or lifestyle claim with any statement and having the accompanied and adequate disclaimer or income disclosure is not entirely wrong, the FTC offers a subtle, not so fast. So the key part of that to me is the subtle, not so fast, meaning it's almost like they want to trap you. I mean, lawyers aren't that much better. I mean, I've seen lawyers 
second least favorite people <laughs> I've on seen Earth. lawyers. Don't be mean. We have friends that are lawyers, and lawyers are amazing. And hey, there are some good yeah. lawyers. But, anyway, and, and so like I've seen some lawyers. Good workers, but, I've seen lawyers yeah. give people income disclosure. Say, okay, this is going to protect you. This is everything you need. Here, I, I I'm charging you five grand, whatever it is, right? But then that same lawyers who who protects them against the FTC. Hey, be right? nice about <laughs> so, lawyers. We know lawyers. Yeah. Prove my point in the second sentence yeah. that you just said as to why I don't like yeah. lawyers. But but uh, we just want to educate you guys on this. And honestly, we don't want to go too deep in the education other than just referring you to people that truly are educated in this topic because yeah. it, it, it I mean, it takes years to understand this and we haven't even scratched the surface on understanding the, the rules and regulations of the FTC it's just we are aware and Honestly, a little bit more aware even, than other people online because there's think, no education about yeah, this. I don't even think that lawyers that do this for a living know all that much about it, too, because it does change that regularly. Yeah. So they have to consistently like the educate. Tax code. Yeah, they have to consistently educate themselves. I read somewhere where the tax code is updated daily, um, which geez, it's like 75,000 pages. long. Don't get me started on taxes. <laughs> um, so just to wrap things up about this and, and guys go check this law. It's maybe a five minute read, but here's what really sticks out. Even some truthful claims may be out of bounds. And the STC doesn't really like the general get rich sound bites or pictures. And there is some explanations right there. Like the quit your job, earn enough to stay at home. Would it be nice to live a stress-free uh, stress life? Career-level income. They, they consider those things misleading. And honestly, I read them, and it doesn't sound misleading to me. Well, I always say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. That's a really big thing for me, and it's using the discernment to be like, okay, does this feel good to post? Does this feel okay? Um and, and being able to discern whether you align with what you're putting out there, not just trying to keep up with the Joneses and copy what other people do because you see them making all these sales. Yep. Um, there's a lot of things that the FTC deems to be inappropriate or misleading or whatever words they use that we look at it and we're like, okay, really? Now, and I don't want that to discourage anyone. And from I don't want that any... to scare anyone either. Yeah. And, and to be honest, guys, when you're sharing your content – how can I share my content in a more thoughtful and meaningful way that really sheds light on the product or service, not the opportunity? On the product or service, not the earning potential. And also when you are talking about the opportunity, right? Because I talk about opportunities a lot. Making sure that you give the whole picture going back to that cycle of informed yeah. optimism um, and or uninformed optimism and informed pessimism, making sure I always say sell the, sell the vacation at the plane ride is a big term used in marketing, but I like to shift it a little bit because I really, I really love when people talk about the plane ride and they talk about their experiences and their highs and lows and really share the seasons of business because it's not all, you know, an upstream, which is another thing we talk about and kind of the the personal detriment that you do to yourself when you solely make income claim content is you're going to get to a point where that income is not as big and extravagant as it once was, or maybe it was in the beginning. And so when your sales start to drop off a little bit and you're like, gosh, okay, that now I've been saying I've been anxiety. making, well, I've been saying on my content that I've been making $2,000 a day, $1,000 a day or whatever it is, but now I'm only making $200 a day. So now you're stuck. Your whole identity is wrapped up in how much money you've made. Your con your your audience is expecting you to keep sharing that. Now are you going to be honest? Or are you going to say, hey, I'm only making $200 a day now? Or now are you going to have to lie to keep up with your previous content and keep up with your persona and say, oh, I'm still making $2,000 a day, even though maybe you've made zero, yeah. right? Because that's going to be a detriment to your business. And when you start lying about how much money you make, that's, that's a you, for sure yeah. no no across the board, legal and marketing and ethics and everything in between. So, really, this whole conversation is to not only help the consumer, but to really help the marketer and the seller create that sustainable content. Yeah. And, and I didn't mention this earlier, and you did. And I want to make sure I get this out there too. I am not putting all the responsibility on you as the online marketer no. or the business owner. And the reason being is that if you fell for it, you fell for it. You have, we have to take personal responsibility. I fell for it 
Yeah. I can't even tell you how many times. And I never came back to the person who I purchased from and said, oh my gosh, you scammed me. Or, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do my research enough. Well, or you didn't look into yourself enough right. and say, am I willing to put in all the effort it takes? Right. Because I don't care if you're doing a side hustle. I don't care if you're trying to make this your full-time job. I don't care what you're doing. It takes hard work and it takes sacrifice. It takes everything in you whenever you decide to become an entrepreneur. We have gone through some of the worst times in our lives being entrepreneurs. And it takes a mental fortitude. And if you can't keep up with the game, it's not anybody else's fault but your own. Okay. And if you are somebody who can't take personal responsibility and you're watching this right now, and maybe you were watching it because you're like, Hey, I want to know if I want to even purchase something from Zach and Hannah. Don't, I'm going to tell you right now, don't buy from me. Cause if you can't take personal responsibility, one, there's nothing I could do to teach you. Right. Right. There's nothing I could do to help you until you learn how to take personal responsibility because I'm not going to be there to hold your hand. I just, I'm not, I can be there to help out occasionally. I can be there to guide. I can be there for group calls, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that we offer. I can't hold your hand and I can't hold your hand all the way to the top. Cause I also, I got to work on my business and I've got, I've got my responsibilities there too. Um, so no really successful entrepreneur has had their hand held. They've had support. They've had mentorship. They've had all types, all types of support along the way, inspiration, guidance, but they've never had their hand held. Yeah. But a mentor would be like me calling my uncle and saying like, Hey, what do I do in this position? And he gives me advice. So then what do I do with that advice? I listen to it because he is, he's been through it before. He's been through it before. And he is a very intelligent man. And that is a person that you stop and listen to. Right. It is. And you've got several family members as well that we can stop and listen to because they have been through it. So as an entrepreneur, that is, that is what you need to do. And if you're a consumer in the market and you are looking into opportunities, remember that the buck stops with you. If somebody is giving false or misleading information and you fell for it, you fell for it. Right. Um, so Man, it's such a double-edged sword. It really is, and and I'm glad we spoke on that because I want people to understand that we really do see we've been um, on both sides. I've been cut by both sides of the blade. We've been been the people that make the income claims. We've been the people that have fallen for the income claims. We respect and understand all sides of the spectrum here. I want to make sure that people know I have never made an income claim. I have. I was really authentic and transparent about it but I have a couple times and opportunities that somewhat allowed me to do so again, when I was outside of MLMs, I was in more of the affiliate marketing space, this, that, and the other, I thought, Oh, it's okay. Right. Like you see other people do it. You think it's okay. Not realizing that that's also a part of the business opportunity rule and also working on my own marketing. And and we didn't touch on that. What? The fact that you watched other people do it, you didn't know. So you just that's followed why people suit. do it. Yeah, that's why people do it. And that is another reason why a lot of people do this because they see other people doing it and they think, oh, that's just how I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are people out there that have been doing this for a week, found success, and then they start actually teaching people to do it. I mean, we've heard rumors of people saying like flat out, like just lie. Tell me you made money. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's and crossing into like, a territory that's not even worth talking about because we know that that's wrong. Yeah. No, that one right there, that'll get you. Just in case you're curious, that'll get you one way or another. (laughs) Yeah. And multiple different ways. Like if it doesn't get you from the government, it's going to get get you you from the audience. Yeah. Because this is the last thing I'll say. Especially TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) Investigators over there. Dude, they are vicious. (laughs) So watch out. Um, the other, other people still censor you. If you're mean TikTok, not so much. Um, (laughs) they let them have it. Uh, but this is the last thing I think that I want to say, and then we can move into our, we have a couple of things that we have that are, I guess you could say advice. Um, but be very mindful, be very thoughtful about your customers. And the reason being is because if you build your entire career off the identity of money, once the money runs out, so do those customers. And when you go to the next product, 
you have to find more customers. So let's say you sell to 2000 customers, all from income claims. 97% of them are dissatisfied with you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You now have to go find a whole new 2000 customers. Yep. So keep that in mind. Moving forward, I want to just tell you guys that if you're really looking for, again, I don't want to be super mean about it because it's a double-edged sword and you can get cut by both sides very easily. But if you really want a way forward that I personally think is better, focus on the product and the value that it brings your customer. Wrapping your identity up in the money, like I said, only leads to more problems down the line. You can't sustain your relationships, not just with your customers, but other creators. And you will find yourself always chasing the next big thing. I also want to say, and on top of focusing on the product or the value, focus on your experience and your own personal growth throughout the journey. Right? Absolutely. Because I'm I'm just the biggest believer and advocate for, and I, I've, I've personally proven it to be true, and also learned from a lot of high-level entrepreneurs just either in my, my family or personal life or just watching on YouTube or reading books is no one can ever break the energy that you bring to your content or to your audience. And so when you show up as your best self, okay, whether you feel that way or not that day, when you show up speaking on something you have authority on, speaking of an experience, and by the way, you always have authority over your own personal experience. So if you feel like you're not authoritative in anywhere else or with any other topic, be an authority of your own experience. Yeah. And that is the strongest, most valuable way that you can show up. And I promise you, people will look at you and be like, damn, they're successful. Well, and to bring back to that, like a lot of people use that argument, success breeds success. Okay. Talk about your successes. Yeah. Show Talk up about successful. the fact that maybe before this course, you didn't know email marketing and now you know email marketing. Maybe before this course, you were unproductive but now you're productive. Well, maybe I bring that one up because I just watched one about productivity <laughs> today and it was actually really good. I like that YouTube creator. I need to remember his name so I can shout him out on yeah. here. It is simply just a better way forward. Yep. And, and I really, you guys, honestly, we not only struggled because of childcare or lack thereof to get this episode out, but um, it was a hard one for me because I'm, I'm my biggest struggle is people pleasing and I never want, not, mine. <laughs> not Zach's whatsoever, but I never want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, upset, unhappy, especially with me or with Zach. And so it was a hard episode for me to like get through and prepare for. Um, but at the end of the day, the mission drives us. The mission always has to drive your business. And part of building a brand is standing for something, even though, you know, people are going to disagree and so I guess my message to leave everyone with is don't be afraid to stand for something, even if you are fearful of people's opposing opinions, um, because as long as you share it in a respectful way, then people will respect you in return. And if they don't, they're not your people, right? And, and I know there's going to be so many people that disagree with this, but we still love them. We still respect them. They still respect us. We've had many conversations well, on this topic. Maybe. Um, and if they don't, then they're just not our people. But our whole goal here, again, is to challenge perspectives and give you guys the tips and learn from our mistakes over the past several years and learn from the mistakes of some of our closest friends, educate you on a space that I feel like there's a lack of education around, but also just provide a better way um, that you can feel really good about. And that really helps you build a sustainable business for you know, years and years to come. And I like what you said earlier as we wrap things up here is don't be afraid of the harder route. Yeah. Right? And marketing things more legitimately and without utilizing income claims is going to be the harder route. You have to figure out what your USP is, your unique selling position. You have to write your copy in a way that appeals to the appropriate emotions of your consumers. To do that, you have to do research you have to look into what they desire, what they want, what makes them tick. How do they want to be talked to? That is a lot more difficult than just walking out and saying, do you want to be a millionaire tomorrow? And it takes a lot more time. And it takes a heck of a lot more time. But I can tell you right now, like my wife and I in the process of getting our podcast set up, 
updating to the roadmap 2.0, doing all those things, working on the websites. What, what have we fallen back on our email marketing and our email marketing is, yeah, our email marketing has been what our saving grace has been over the last couple of months. Now, if we were putting more attention towards our content and everything else, I think we could double up production, but our email marketing has been our saving grace. And, and for those of you who are listening, I just need you to understand that that wasn't the easier route. Hannah and I could have very much so taken that route, but we have chosen the harder route and we are proud of that. And we stand firm with that. And while everyone is allowed to do what they want to do, we strongly, strongly urge you guys to really think about your customers first and not so much yourself. Your impact first over the sales. I promise you guys, if there was anything, if there was ever an impact I left anywhere in this world, when you chase money, money runs away. When you chase impact, money follows. That needs to be on a shirt. Like that needs to be my quote because that has been the most pivotal change. And once I learned that in business, everything changed for us. Well, good thing we're recording this so we can remember what you just said. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of shirts, we are wearing oh, yeah. the United Souls 11 shirts that my wife came up with. You guys with have to refer back to episode one if you don't know what that is. Yeah, she has absolutely no idea what she's doing for her business. She just knows she wants to call it United Souls 11 at this point, I, I think is where you were. And you made the t-shirts. This was a decade ago. Make this sure was a you, decade yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This was back think, whenever she was yeah. younger. Well, um, I wanted, I didn't want people to think it was right this now. This was last week. All right. She had <laughs> no, no idea stop. what she wanted to do. No, she was 18 and she was trying to do this. And I was doing it with my dad and we were like, what do we want to do? Just unite people. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out something to do with the shirts and we actually might try to figure out something to do with United Souls 11. So if you guys have any ideas for that, any suggestions, throw them down in the comments. We'd love we'll to hear what you guys integrate have to say. It. We'll just integrate it with maybe the next product we have coming out or yeah. something like that. I don't know. We got, we got like what? 2000 shirts. No, or we like don't that? have that many. I thought we had a lot more than we did, but we've got about maybe two, 300 in there. Uh, there's a lot of shirts in that tub. I don't know. Um, but guys, that wraps up another episode of changing the script. And we thank you so much, our listeners, um, for coming in and listening to this and being with us on our journey and supporting us through it. Uh, your guys's listens mean the world to us. Uh, we cannot even express thank you enough. Uh, but remember that business can be both ethical and exciting. So let's keep this conversation going. We are going to sign off for tonight until next time. But let's challenge, change, create, and create a better online business world. Take care, guys.